Are you talking to me? Hey, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What? 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 I wasn't listening. What? You looking at? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, there's nobody else here. You talking to me? You talking to me, you mother? You were talking to whoa, me. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a bit. Come on now. Oh. Why do you gotta bring my mom into this every time, man? You every what? time you meet. I'm so, I'm so sorry, dude. I'm, I, I do apologize. God damn it. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 11 of What the Film. And yes, welcome shall, everyone. We will finally review your, I think, maybe one of your favorite films, Taxi oh, hell Driver. Yeah. yeah, man, it's up there, it's up there. It's up there. Anyways. Directed yeah. by Martin Scorsese. And uh, Scorsese has been in the news quite recently, has it be regarding the entire Marvel <laughs> thing going oh, on? Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. with the Joker. Um, we'll get more into in more in depth into that uh, later on, but uh, yeah. yeah. So I I re I just started seeing this film. Um, I first saw it this week, actually, mm. first time ever watching it. And uh, and you you said to me before I watched it that that I would see a lot of similarities between Joker and the Taxi Driver. And, and oh my god, that was <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, man. Like it had been a while since I saw Joker. I mean, I saw Taxi Driver, right? Mm. And um, I kind of didn't remember the sim similarities, but once I saw Taxi Driver again, just like a few moments ago, I was like, yeah, there's quite a lot of similarities. Mm. And, you know, stuff in Taxi Driver that portrays like loneliness and madness uh, in a way better than Joker. Mm -hmm. But we can get to that later as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But now, how did you find this film? Like, what did you expect from this film, sort of? I didn't expect a lot of because because I I I mm. I'd never seen the trailer. The only thing I can remember before seeing the film is just a picture of him in the in the mohawk with with sunglasses. Yeah. So that's the only yeah. thing I sort of remember about it before watching it. But so and also the quote uh, you talking to me like that was that was fun. But um, yeah. But that's kind of been made fun of as well now, hasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Are you like, everyone kind of like mimics it? Yeah. Did you know? Actually, I'm just I'm just looking here, but now that I, that was actually improvised entirely. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in the script it, first, it only mentions that Travis looks into the mirror, mm -hmm. but I guess like Robert De Niro being the actor that he is, <laughs> like yeah, just went on with it. Yeah, oh my god, I, lo I love uh, Robert De Niro. He's, yeah, I man. think he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, it's a shame I haven't seen a lot of his films, but like his performance in this film just carries this entire film. Because yeah. I don't know if anyone else could have pulled off what he did mm. in this film i guess no not not in a way like this no i don't think so yeah i think i think joker was a very close attempt and very successful but uh yeah but besides that i, I think it's really this film is entirely character based i would say so, mm, so mm, mm, if the if the actor is bad or if he doesn't sell this, the situation it, it it will not succeed in a way exactly because he's Apparently, he kind of worked 15-hour shifts as a taxi driver for a month to prepare for this role. And you can see it, man. You can wow. really see it. Because um, I was going to say, you know, this is a heroic genre, right? Usually in heroics, it's one guy against the world. And you spend most of your time with Travis, as you do with Joker as well. You spend a lot of time with Joker. And if your performance sucks, mm -hmm. 
people are just going to tune out because there's no other supporting characters, right? It's just Travis on his own. Um, I mean, you do see like his love interest and stuff like that later on, but mm. but yeah, I, I love this one, man. No, it's, it's really good. Like this, the story is, is so well written uh, by Paul Schrader, right, um, if I'm correct, um, who wrote the scripts. It was co-wrote the script at least with Scorsese, but it says that the script was semi autobiographical. How do you say that? Biographical. <laughs> uh, autobiographical? Autobiographical. <laughs> yeah. It was said that the script was uh, semi-autobiographical uh, also, uh, mm. because of a divorce and a breakup with his uh, girlfriend. Uh, oh, yeah. So he, he wrote the movie while he, he was living in his own car, feeling mm-hmm. uh, su- suicidal, obsessed with yeah. guns and pornography. Mm. And mm-hmm. and having this, and he hadn't like spoken to anyone for for weeks at this time. Um, yeah, yeah. And as you recall, in in 2013, it, it reads on uh, that Taxi Driver was an exorcism through art, and it sort of worked. Mm-hmm. It just worked. Do you like when screenwriters sort of implement their own lives into a script, or? Yeah, man, I love it. As long as like I like the film, the source material for me, it doesn't really matter. It could be anything, mm-hmm. but I find that really interesting because like this film is sort of like a um, reflection of what everyone goes through in a way, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's important to do that sometimes. Like Travis Pickle's character, I feel like it's important for us to kind of be alone because if you if you can't live with yourself and be lonely or whatever, it kind of shows that you're dependent on a lot of people, right? I'm trying to phrase this. I'm not saying like loneliness is good for you or anything like that, but you can it can teach you a lot of things mm. if you know what I mean. Wow, yeah. Like self-dependence and cuz in this film, you know, I think that's what Travis kind of excels at. He doesn't really need anyone. He doesn't need a sidekick. He doesn't need a love interest. He doesn't need like you know like in a classic classic film. He doesn't need um, like a hero's journey. He doesn't need like a guidance or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just him and his instinct yeah. that helps him get through this. And I'll, I'll, I just love that man. <laughs> I just love this. Oh, yeah. But no, he, he the screenwriter like I I was like I read about how like how long it took him to write the script, and it was ten days. Wow, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> yeah. two drafts yeah. in ten days. So, so I mean, so I mean, that shows how much things was, how many situations or how mu- how much stuff was going on in his life that mm. he could just because he would he would probably just write experiences he has felt right then and there. Yeah, and sort of right in and out, but and uh, it's really quite impressive Im- impressive that he has done it, and, and especially considering that um, he was living in his car at the time as well. So I mean, so I mean, he was mm-hmm. in a very bad place. So I mean. Mm. It it clearly shows in a way that the film is very dark in in yeah, a lot of sense, yeah. like with with the child uh, child prostitute and all that. Oh yeah, man! I forgot that she's actually twelve and a half. Yeah. Um, in the film, I kind I kind of forgot. I thought like she was maybe like fifteen. So not that it makes it better. No, no, no. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah. Same, but uh, she, she I, th- I thought I thought she was like seventeen or sixteen or something like mm, that. Same, yeah. same. But yeah, Jodie Foster. I didn't actually know it was Jodie Foster. <laughs> Like, I, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, could not, I couldn't notice that. I, I just forgot that. But yeah, Jodie Foster's she was twelve, twelve years old when she was cast as uh, uh, mm-hmm. Iris. But but it it, it, it she, but this yeah, yeah go, no, on. go on. No no go on go on go on. Oh there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. <laughs> okay after you. Uh, I was think I was gonna ask like with Joker and Taxi Driver, right? It's a very masculine film too. Because mm-hmm. you know like nowadays in society, it's almost a bad thing to be a man, right? I mean mm-hmm. not. 
that I've experienced that personally, but you see that in the news, like, hey, this guy, this film is just purely relate related to men, you know, and stuff like that. Um, mm. But it kind of also looks into the struggles that men go through. I'm not saying women don't go through the same struggles mm -hmm. that Travis does, mm -hmm. but I wanted to kind of link that to, like, I'm on this article right now, and it mentions how, like, Vietnam, like, the Vietnam War affected masculinity of a lot of men. Oh. Um, since the war wasn't, you know, successful, right? It was a failure. Yep. And a guy named Mithers argues that the war vanished below the surface of a country that wanted to forget it. And yeah, I, th I think that's really cool because because you know that's what popular culture is based off, right? Like people's opinions and and sort of what's going on in society right then and there, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought I think that's really cool though. How you know war and stuff like that can influence how society thinks. Yeah, yeah. No, and no, yeah, this I, film captures that. Yeah, the entire Vietnam War is a failure essentially mm -mm. i mean it's tragic that uh, there were so many casualties on both sides like even just the united states had uh, have, had over a half million uh, like 540,000 casualties no i mean i need to correct myself there uh, there were uh, 300,000 wounded and about like 60,000 uh, american dead mm. but over 400,000 civilians uh, over a million wounded over mm -hmm. a very stupid war yeah Pretty much at the time, it was the, it, it was the whole the Red Scare, the the domino effect that um, one nation would mm. fail because uh, just twenty years earlier with the Korea War. I don't know much about the Korean War actually. Yeah, that, that's because of the okay, name. I need to look into that. Is 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 basically that, that's basically the name of the Korean War is is known as the got the Forgotten War. Oh, but, oh. But yeah, I did. Yeah, I definitely forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, th I think the, the 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 interesting thing about the Korea War as well as the Vietnam War is that they're both very they're so similar because they're basically about the same thing. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so it's in in both in both countries, it's the north, <laughs> it's, mm. it's the north, the North Vietnamese and the North Koreans. Uh, it's always the north, falling. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's falling under the uh, the communist regime, mm -hmm. and of course, want to expand. And uh, so the Americans the really were on their biggest of the cold. This was this was this was the beginning of the Cold War, especially with the fifties and the late late the late forties. Because mm. after the Second World War, the Russians and the Soviet Union had marched all the way into Germany, so oh, it yeah. was this this big iron curtain would fall upon the entire uh, continent, and oh, wow, yeah. and uh, they were fearing the spread of even further commun communism because at the time uh, there was actually a British plan called Plan World War Three. It was like the <laughs> worst case scenario because so the the Russians they had still had a lot of numbers and strength after World War mm -hmm. Two, mm -hmm. as the population was very vast and very big. But so the Americans and the British were really scared that the Stalin would just keep marching on because mm. no one would really stop him as they didn't have the the resources to stop him further on. Like just in right. just in Norway, the the Red Army marched into Norway in the north and. Yeah, and uh, but they left thankfully uh, later on. But it was sort of scary, just all all these countries being destroyed by war, and it could have been engulfed in yeah. in the rest of the uh, Soviets. What was it like but in yeah, so Norway? I mean, do your parents kind of have experiences from it, or not regarding communist communism mm. as well, or the, or the Soviet Union? But uh, not, it was more in northern Norway. But it, it was it was uh, so they were the Russians were allied during the war. 
Mm. So they uh, got rid of the Germans, the German forces, mm. and they eventually left as well. Oh, but, right, I see, I see. So they didn't do too too much bad in, the, in there, but it, it was more the idea that it was very likely that the way they would just capture an entire <laughs> entire Europe, mm. uh, especially because Stalin was a lunatic. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's still, is it him who's still kind of embalmed in a uh, museum or something? He's yeah, preserved yeah. in a museum I, somewhere? No, no, yeah. no I, think that's, I think that's Lenin, actually. Oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, so, the entire, so the entire Vietnam War is just this, this, this scares, this scary mm. uh, war between two ideologies. It's, it's just communist, communism versus capitalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um for the thing with, with communism is 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 a good idea, right? It's a good idea. Yeah. Every, everything has a share is the same and uh, uh, everyone's equal. But it's just the, the practice of it hasn't really worked. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. It, it just it just doesn't work, and because uh, you can see uh, all around the world where communism has communism has been a, a, a thing, right? So you can take Russia for example. It, it sort of lags mm-hmm. behind, and during during the communist regime, over fifty million people died. So it's more than yeah. Hitler Hitler ever killed, but and mm. and the same thing with Cuba. They're living entirely in poverty, and it's, it's really weird to see Cuba. Uh, mm-hmm. Russia, China is also very strict strict rule, uh, limited uh, freedom of press, um, mm-hmm. no internet, no YouTube, no no, no nothing. So. Yeah. It, 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 I think it was just like last week PewDiePie was banned in China or something but oh really <laughs> that's funny yeah exactly and I can just also, imagine like a board meeting with all the important people we need to ban PewDiePie god damn it <laughs> <laughs> and then also North Korea and uh, that's the biggest one so mm. you can sort of see so so this entire red scare sort of reflects America in this like very bitter untrusty period of American history because yeah, everyone is yeah. The thing about the, the America at the time was everyone was scared of everybody, so you you felt like you couldn't trust anyone because you you were scared that they were, might be a KGB agent or mm. a, a Soviet, which is ridiculous. Yeah, right? Soviet spy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was a very weird time, really. And also mm. with the no no one wanting to support the Vietnam War because they felt like why why the, the war's so far away. We, yeah. we don't have a right to be there essentially and it's just because of ideology and especially with the I think I think they just didn't like losing because that was the first war Americans essentially lost because mm-hmm. the Americans have never lost a war th- throughout their uh, existence yeah. and, they have, and, and, and the funny thing is that Americans they have, they have been in constant conflict since their formation in 1776 I think <laughs> oh wow but since the Civil War, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, no, since, since since the Revolution, basically. Oh, the Revolution! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. so, so Americans they they, they couldn't f- fight off the Viet Cong just be- mm. because of their guerrilla tactics and yeah. their the, the harsh uh, terrain and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so humidity, I bet, yeah, just. They were, yeah, just if you just see pictures of Vietnam, it's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it, it, it's so terrible because it was just so. The only re- the way the Americans really could get people would be to use this napalm bombs, which would just set the entire f- force on fire. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is uh, disgusting. And also, but like the Americans and the, but the Viet Cong, they just lived in these huge underground tunnel tunnel networks. 
Mm-hmm. They so they could pop up from anywhere and shoot the enemy right from behind, and it was you couldn't you could never spot them right. And they would make these traps that American soldiers would they would just fall down into these pit holes that were filled with spears. That was mm-hmm. that, but but the spears were uh, rubbed with uh, with poop essentially, and uh, oh, wow. and, and so you're so when you when you got uh, sliced, you will get infection and die. And <laughs> it was it was oh my goodness, cool. yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Off tra- off tracking a lot now from <laughs> from the film, but <laughs> no, no, but it all boils down to what like you know what actually affects affected America essentially, right? Yeah. It's so hard to kind of. I was telling Johannes, it's going to be so hard to review this film in a way. Mm-hmm. But kind of, the, I was wondering, what are the scenes that kind of stand out to you? Like, oh wow, this was kind of uh, like I'd never seen this before, kind of thing, or like memorable. Mm, biggest, the most memorable scenes. I mean, I think the the ending scenes are pretty memorable. No, oh, like yeah. The, 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 yeah, when mayhem truly goes off. So I think I'm gonna say that. But I, yeah. but I, when I think about it, I, I can really remember him just sitting in in the, in the cinema and uh, watching his porn films. And he's doing all those hand gestures, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. This, oh, that's so yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, and it's just in, it, it was in Swedish. <laughs> oh, it was in Swedish, was yeah, it? Yeah, the first film it was in Swedish. And I was, oh, did you understand yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, what the oh. hell is it? <laughs> what does it say? Yeah. You no, know, it's just basically saying like normal porn stuff, like uh, do me and. Me and stuff like that, <laughs> Damn. Oh yeah. Why did I expect some like literary piece of work? <laughs> meanings by by Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Who actually Scorsese shows up a couple of times in this film? Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I saw him the first time, and I thought when when he was sitting mm. outside the building, I was like, "Is that him?" Nah, probably <laughs> yeah. probably not. And then okay, okay. And then, yeah. and then he get, got it one more time, and he sat in the car, and I was like, "Oh, I just is it him?" Is it? Yeah. I, I I was so frustrated that I didn't know. So I actually, I actually had to pause the film and, and mm-hmm. just go check, and it was him because because he he looked so much like him. I like it's gotta be him. But yeah. yeah, man, I didn't notice him the first time he shows up, but then the second time I was oh wow, that's Scorsese. He's just I think one of the the actor he wanted couldn't make it, so he just kind of decided to do the role. But I think one of my favorite scenes probably has to be when he first meets Betsy, the uh, his love interest, I guess. Mm. Um, but I don't even, I, I wouldn't even call it a love interest at first. I think he just, cause you see that later with Iris, right? He kind of wants to show that he's able to save people in a way. Cause he's, he is a, uh, war vet, right? A Vietnam war vet. Yeah. I don't think he loves Iris, but he just kind of wants to motivate her. Cause he kind of says that the other guy he she's seeing doesn't respect him and i guess in that way it would probably make her feel not as important mm-hmm. so i think travis is just there to kind of make us feel like she's worth like more than i mean she can do better basically right mm-hmm. but i guess she, he does like her in a way as well but i just love the bit where he you know kind of sits down at the cafe he's eating a apple pie with a slice of cheese which kind of sounds disgusting mm-hmm. <laughs> but he kind of just tells her like yeah you know i as soon as we met eyes I, I mean locked eyes i could tell uh there was something between us and that other guy he doesn't treat you well yeah and mm-hmm. yeah like you don't expect that from anyone like you know mm-hmm. usually if you were to go out on a date with someone you'd probably be like yeah so what do you do for work Oh, nice! You've got a job like that. Cool. How much do you make? You know, it's like, oh, what? 
But this is how real humans should communicate, right? In a way, he, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he, he was he was direct, spot on. That was, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can so, read people. Yeah. I, mm. I would have been so freaked out. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I, I kind of respect that, though. If someone... I respect it, though, but yeah. but if, if I were the, the woman, right, I would be Hello? like, what the hell is going on right now? But hmm. it's sort of creepy, right? When, when, when a yeah. man just walks up to you and just, it's like spot, it's like so direct, like he doesn't treat you right. I can take you out somewhere real, real nice. But I but I, I like, mm. it's, it's sort of charismatic as well. It's like, oh my God, he's, he is, he's, mm. he's, he's, he's on the move, you know? But So like, you know, like when uh, Betsy and Travis go on a date afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first saw the film, I was like, "Oh, why would you do that? Why would you take her to a porno theater, you idiot, and whatnot?" Uh, mm-hmm. But then, once watching it now, uh, I kind of had this thought that, well, I was just asking myself, like, what's so inherently bad about doing that, really? So, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Like, what's bad about taking a girl to a porno theater? Mm, I mean. Okay, so I'm actually not sure. Like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. It's just weird, you know. It's it's it's, yeah, it's like yeah. um, it's it's just because it's just porn, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt anybody, I think. But it, yeah. it's it's just it's, it just seems a little perverted, right? Mm-hmm. If you went on a date mm-hmm. and you went and you and you took a girl to see a porn, don't don't you think she would have reacted in a similar way? So uh, I th- mm. I think it's nothing bad about taking a girl to a, to see a porn film. I I just think it's not the first date you want to do that. I think because you because you come across as a bit of a pervert, don't mm. you? I mean, wouldn't you think like if yeah. I asked you uh, not on a date like, hey, dude, you want to go and watch a movie with me? And yeah, sure. And then I take you to this like very weird alleyway mm. theater, and we go in, we sit down, and it's just porn. <laughs> wouldn't you think? Yeah, there's something wrong with you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. now, it would be but I think it depends on who you ask too because um, I feel like for Travis uh, he kind of thinks that she can see through that as well like she's sort of a um, almost like she's on his level almost I think that's what he thinks and I think for Travis it's more of like he's kind of det- detached from society isn't he so he doesn't have the societal pressures or like um anxieties i guess because like all anxiety from going to those theaters is like oh what will people think about me you know what will my you know reputation be but he doesn't care about all that and i just i was thinking that maybe he thinks that it's fine also is because you see throughout the film shots of just like 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 Travis mentioned, mm-hmm. scum just walking around the streets. So maybe he's thinking, if you're all right with just living amongst these people, shouldn't it be fine to mm-hmm. go to a mm-hmm. porno theater as well? If you know what I mean, because you see prostitutes, people smoking weed, doing drugs, falling over all around you, and you're meant to be a political person mm-hmm. trying to fight this. Oh, sorry. And so, so, so sorry, he was using her as a te- it, 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 sort of using it as a as a as a form of test or something, or not really a test, but it'd be like if I took if I talked to you about Guns N' Roses, right, mm-hmm. and I took you to a Guns N' Roses concert, and you were like, "Wow, this music sucks," I'd be like, "Wait a sec, 
you said you're a huge fan like that sort of thing like she's <laughs> okay, all about okay yeah fixing society uh, you know okay. and stuff like that but then you know she's kind of blind to all the prostitutes and stuff in a way and okay yeah, you know, that, that she's easily offended is what yeah, i mean okay, then I basically see yeah oh. yeah yeah you, you know what i mean right yeah because oh. oh. if you're all about like solving crime and like making the world a better place mm-hmm. and it's kind of hypocritical in a way that you can just like live amongst these people and be like because we do that right we walk past like beggars we walk past yeah you know and then you know next time next and then i go home and i sign like a little charity thing saying yeah we should save lives it's like what oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah oh that, that's uh that's a good point actually i never thought about it but yeah that, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense knowledge drop knowledge boom, boom. <laughs> explosion sound now boom. now i'm gonna say something really dumb <laughs> okay hey i like the tits <laughs> something really like, oh my god wow yeah because i i kind of got that when as he was speaking to her expression was like vapid there was no nothing there you know what i mean like when you speak to someone you kind of it's almost like she's a robot but then when she speaks to iris later there's a lot of character right there's a lot yeah. of like you know feeling and yeah just they he, he connects with her more because like mm-hmm. iris actually lives amongst these vile creatures as okay. travis mentions similar to travis mm-hmm. so they know how things really work mm, exactly if that makes sense yeah 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 but that scene i was like all right i like this yeah that's good yeah uh, your internet's way better now by the way i can actually hear you clearly. <laughs> yeah so if there were any jumps in this podcast probably not because Ethan is very good at doing this sort of things now he's been oh, working it, with a uh, <laughs> he's been working with a very uh, poor connection with me and uh but he he will o- overcome it but essentially uh yeah the network network is, is Oh, it's it's fine if your network's crap. I've just I've got I'll use the um, tapped phone lines I've got at your house. Yeah, that that I'm not gonna be able to sleep now tonight, <laughs> You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I imagine you like, you're like you're like oh, Ishan's a good friend. You find like a little wire on uh, <laughs> underneath the desk. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it just <God>. leads. <laughs> so like like the past times I've said like oh I, sh- I should get a coat and like next morning <laughs> you brought me a coat and like oh oh thank yeah. you how did you oh, okay yeah. okay and then, and then I start finding like these small wires everywhere. Why do you think I gave you the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a KGB agent. <laughs> oh my That's god. really done here. <laughs> Privet. Oh my god. I look no I look nowhere Russian either. <laughs> I'm oh like the god. worst Russian spy if I am. I don't I don't Sorry if we offended anyone Russian watching this. That was poor <laughs> acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use the I've got loads of Russian mates card. Yeah, how they do I got that. a lot of Russian mates, and they and they uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's 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 so that's just, that's such a bad way of <laughs> yeah. doing an argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the entire men are bad movement that's sort of been going on for the last like maybe like five five years now? Um, so, like, it, to it, be in, honest, in film, right? In film, um. I mean, I don't know much about it in film, but I have kind of heard it. But my whole thing about that is I don't pay much, much attention to that unless it's happening to me directly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, because a lot of it is the media skewing things, right? They, the media just wants mm-hmm. to push, like, bad news all the time. So I don't, like, anytime, anyone, anytime I hear that, I'm like, well, I'm being treated fairly right now. And... None of this stuff is happening around me, yeah. so I'm just gonna live in the moment, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I'm not. Because otherwise, it's going to affect me negatively. Like if I just, if I listen to what every kind of like. Um, if you seek out ne- negativity, sort of, as you seek out drama yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah, that makes that that makes a lot of sense. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure really sure about the entire thing because I, I've never seen, especially in film, right? I, I've never judged the film whether it's a female or a male leading act, like an mm. actor, or if it's directed by a film, a female director, or a black director, or whatever it is. I, no. I, all I care about is the art, right? Or yep, about, yep. about the story, the the the, the craftsman, craftsmanship. So the, the, I hate the card someone so sometimes plays is, is if I say Ghostbusters the female remake is is trash. Oh, here we go again. And if and if I say <laughs> that, people come at me and say, "Oh, you're a misogynist or something like that." And like, yeah. no, it's just a bad. It's a bad film. Like, it's it's bad. <laughs> mm. I think a lot but, of these arguments come from as well like the lack of context. Because like, mm. if you say that on the internet, people don't really know you, so they're just mm. gonna fill in the gaps aren't they they're gonna use their because your your brain always wants to be the r- the right one yeah you know exactly. and you're you're just a voice on the internet so your brain the listener's brain or whoever's brain is gonna fill in those gaps to mm. kind of fit their story mm-hmm. so yeah it's like it's hard it's hard exactly yeah it's yeah. it's it's also sort of so, a lot of people take things out of proportion or just out of context, and I think that's sort of what happened to the, the entire Martin Scorsese thing going on that, that happened oh, the last yeah. few weeks. So originally in, in the Joker podcast, we talked about this because we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about Scorsese's involvement with Joker, mm. and people th- f- found it strange because he allegedly had had sort of seen superhero films as sort of a bad thing or bad movement. No, but mm. not in a bad way that people thought he meant. Because mm. a lot of the people who have said it has just said, has taken the one quote when he says Marvel films is not cinema. And unfortunately, when when we discussed this sort of very quite detailed mm. last uh, last week, but we uh, <laughs> mm. it was it was it was like an act of God or something. It was just the entire podcast <laughs> was working for divine intervention. Fine. It was it was doing just fine, and then. And then just the section when I start talking about Scorsese, just the mic uh, shut down. <laughs> and then yeah, and as soon as right you stopped talking about Scorsese, Scorsese, yeah, it worked. It was it I was know. so weird. <laughs> Nate, you know, it's it's that theory that you know we don't have free will. Maybe that wasn't your moment, you know. So like, since Martin Scorsese directed Taxi Driver, and it's one of the most iconic films, mm-hmm. he was under fire recently for kind of stating that marvel films aren't that you know it's not cinema what's your thoughts oh yeah this, so this is this is a big uh, thing we're going to discuss now sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's, it's sort of it's sort of like a scary area but but I, i'm gonna have to at least partially agree with scorsese on this okay it's 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 just because i think he's right in the sense that and and just to clarify, like before anyone sort of ha- hating on this, is that he doesn't say <laughs> they are bad films. Mm. He says he doesn't he doesn't hate it because a lot of people have taken this entire thing out of context to say like oh yeah, oh he, Martin Scorsese thinks Marvel films are bad films and people are watching them are dumb or something like that. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just gonna say the quote that he actually made while he said that. Mm. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read the entire thing. I quote: So theaters have become amusement parks. Scorsese said during the uh, uh, 
uh, BAFTA thing that happened here uh, on the s- Saturday, uh, uh, I think maybe two weeks back now, that mm-hmm. we should totally have been, been on. Oh my god. Oh, the film festival. Yeah, yeah. we should have been there. Yeah. Oh my god. Any- <laughs> anyhow. Uh, Anywho. Uh, that is all fine and uh, good, but don't invade everything else in that sense, he said. Uh, mm. So that is fine and good for those who enjoyed that type of film. And by the way, knowing what goes into them now, I admire what they do. It's not my kind of thing. It simply is not. But it's creating another kind of audience that thinks cinema is that. So mm, mm, because mm, of mm, all mm. the big blockbuster films that are coming in now, people are thinking that is cinema, but it's it's, it's just not, right? Because it, the entire thing with mm. cinema is is supposed to be a is supposed to be f- focused on uh, characters and sort of their relation to uh, to other and sort of development of those characters and uh, an expression of art in a way, right? So yeah, so it, yeah. it has become like amusement parks. It's become, oh yeah, you go mm. in there for fun, but you, what you, in reality, what you should do when you're done watching a film, you should you should think. It's, mm, 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 it's uh, when you get out of, of a cinema, you should, you should have this feeling or a thought or emotion you're left with. Yeah. So, so, so he says, on, it's not, it's, it's not sim- cinema, it's something else, mm. he said during the press conference. So we shouldn't be invaded by it. So we need, we need cinemas to step up and show films that are narrative films. Because a lot mm. of the, so what's happening is just that the, the entire big Marvel thing is, is, is so dominant that is almost becoming like this old Hollywood uh, style, right? The ho- it's its own genre now, isn't it? Comic yeah. book films. Yeah. So yeah. they're 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 good comic book films. Don't get me wrong. I liked. I remember. I I liked the Marvel films up until like Civil War or something. I just sort of fell hmm. off the wagon. I respect the people that watch them, but I thought, yeah, they're not. Uh, so I can sort of tell what's going to happen from story to story. I'm not. I know what's going to yeah, happen, yeah. and and. It's not like a relatable film. It's not like I, something this could have could have happened some somewhere else, but Mm-mm. not not saying that it, it it needs to be relatable because people just want to be taken out of their uh, out of their world, right? And that's fine with those films, yeah. but it's, they're not. They're just a cinema. Mm. So what what are, you, what what are your sort of thoughts on it? Yeah, I remember at first I really disagreed with it because I kind of mentioned that. You know, in Endgame and Infinity War, there are like elements of Greek mythology thrown in there. There's uh, character progression, sacrifice by people that you wouldn't expect to. Like, you know, usually in these films, like the main character never dies, right? But that changes as well. Like, I don't want to give out any spoilers, mm-hmm. but so I thought I was like, yeah, maybe. But then what you mentioned is kind of right. You can't just like disregard other films and just consider this as cinema. Mm-hmm. That you know, there's other films that are more inf- impactful out there but mm. ultimately it's like opinion isn't it yeah i mean so kind of yeah sort of because they are films obviously they are shot in film they are shown in, in, in cinemas and stuff like that but they're not i think you i think you can see cinema as their as, as their own thing and then you can see films with like comic book films as a, as a separate thing because because it cinema like cinema is supposed to try convey emotional phys- uh, psychological experiences to a, another human being uh, that's sort of the entire thing, the point with it. But, but I think, so I think I think it just said it at the wrong time. Maybe I don't I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but but it's sort of hard to disagree with him as well because he is Martin Scorsese, and yeah. he's the greatest mind of he's one of the greatest directors of all time, mm-hmm. and 
and uh, but and the thing about it is like people forget that Scorsese was a big part of Joker being made as well. He was he, oh, he yeah, was the one yeah. con- convincing Todd Phillips to do the entire th- to do the film and mm. sort of uh, uh, pressed Warner Brothers into doing this and and uh, all of that. So because I, I think he likes comic books films that are because I, I think he liked Joker. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're so similar to Taxi Driver, so he might get a little upset there. But, but besides <laughs> that, because what Joker does that no other like, superhero film does, because I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna classify as a superhero film. And that's mm. okay, because it is about a supervillain, right? But mm. he is a real person with real struggles, with uh, real uh, uh, psychological trauma, and he's expressing this to to others. In the, in the environment and people are reflected in this, right? Mm. It's not a alien from another galaxy. Yeah, it's not <laughs> an alien from another galaxy. It's not huge explosions. The budget is very minimal, right? So, and just being that, like, you can see how well narr- how big narrative is, right? How important mm-hmm. it is. Because I just, if you just go into, I'm I'm just gonna pop up to IMDb right now and just to sort of state that I'm just finding the top rated films. Uh, as yep. of right now, as of the recording of this podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, already Joker has climbed onto the number fourteen stage. Oh wow! So, yeah. so of the, of the top rated film because he because it's done so well, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that truly shows you don't need this gigantic, enormous budget and all these effects and explosions and stuff to have a good to have a good film. Because it because it did mm-hmm. not it did not have a, it was a very tiny budget because their directors uh, I mean some I think there were some rumors the Warner Brothers that they intentionally made the budget low to Joker so that Todd mm-hmm. Phillips would back out from the pr- entire project. Oh yeah, something like that. But yeah, so it's, it it just it, it just shows right how amazing it is. They did that with um, like Taxi Driver too. I heard that as this film was being made, uh, Robert De Niro won the Oscar for Godfather Two, mm-hmm. and um, the studio was scared that he would ask for a raise and stuff. Mm. But thankfully, Robert De Niro. I think I believe they kind of didn't want to make this film either, like uh, Columbia, I believe. But then Robert De Niro was like, "Nah, I'm gonna stick with my forty-five thousand." Mm. Uh, push on through. I think the you know, him and Monsko says he were good friends as well. Yeah. So we can also take like the Dark Knight, right? Uh, sort mm-hmm. of on the same under same category because that's a, that's on number four right now. I'm the beat, and I love the Dark Knight, and it's just mm. it has just this other feeling that I don't get from the Marvel film because they're both superhero films. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but the Dark Knight is, is sort of this neo noir uh, genre. Yeah. And, and there's so much hopelessness, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, and, and, and so it just—it's it, just believable, you know. It's just something, something yeah. about it because I, I can't like express it right now. But there, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's just this difference between The Dark Knight yeah. and uh, Infinity War, in my way, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I think one thing that I just noticed between us, like me, you, Jacob, and all our friends, is that mm-hmm. we our, our favorite genre is the heroic. I think. Mm-hmm. Like Star Wars, Gladiator, mm-hmm. like this taxi driver, Joker, like one man yeah. or person against society, mm-hmm. and westerns. That's what westerns are all about, mm-hmm. you know, one person against society. Yeah, that's our thing. We all love <laughs> heroics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that makes sense though, because we're all young, right? Yeah. And we kind of look up to these figures, yeah. and yeah, I had that thought the other day. I was like, huh, we love the same films, like Inception. Yeah. 
Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah. So stuff like that. By the way, Pop fiction. By the way, I, I, I was thinking about something the other day because uh, I was trying to look into some other films we would eventually hopefully talk about and discuss. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. came over to one of my favorite films of all time, actually. Uh, all right. It's the French film The Intouchables. Oh, I remember you like mentioned that a few episodes yeah. ago. Yeah, have, have, yeah. You, have you seen it yet? No, I have to. I want to see it. Oh, um, it's so good. So, so it's uh, it's based on this true story that uh, is in 2011. So, I yeah. I sort of wanted us to do this. We can maybe put it out on uh, on our uh, web page on on, fa- on our fa- Facebook page. But hmm. so I wanted to do sort of a analysis between that one and and oh. the American remake. We. We're we're like psychically linked. I was just thinking that. <laughs> so, we're like. So we can, what am I thinking of right now? So we can just Tell sort me. of like think. Okay, what is the difference? What is why did they make it? Was it just because of money and stuff like that? So I think that would be mm-hmm. incredible because I remember watching the film uh, Intouchables for the first time. I was like, oh my god, this is so good. It, it has yeah. it has this perfect uh, relation with the actors based on the true story. It's uh, the uh, the actor Omar Sy is is, is, is incredible and uh, mm. it's just so nice because I remember seeing another film on uh, the film festival in Hagesund in Norway where I live. Right. And there was this other film by o- uh, Omar Sy, the, the actor. Okay. That recently was uh, released called uh, S- uh, Samba or Samba. Samba. And that was also a very good film and, and it's just it just shows you sort of how good these films are yeah. but being so limited on both cast and production quality i mean like uh, you understand right am i, am uh, I am yeah i, I know what you yeah. mean like star power and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I i'm just i think i said it before but i love unknown actors mm-hmm. it just not that i don't because I, I, I do have like favorite actors i, I do like uh, robert de niro and uh leonardo oh, yeah. DiCaprio and all, and all that but it's just something so fresh about not knowing who they are that makes yeah, them kinda, so believable. Yeah, and when they're good, you're like, oh my goodness, I want to see what else they've done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the thing about yeah. the Untouchables is it's so believable. It's it, it's mm-hmm. like so believable in a way that I, I cannot explain. It's, it's like watching a documentary almost, right? Oh, wow. it, it's oh, just yeah. so realistic in the, the way that they, they talk to each other. It's not like uh, awkward silence. It's, it's not... Because the thing about doing good dialogue is, it needs mm. to be a realistic. If if you say if you if you were were in a scenario with me and you said something to right. me and I had a perfect comeback or a perfect response every time, it sounds so staged, right? Oh yeah, you, yeah. If you have stutter, if you have sort of these mistakes, if you have like a pause or something that makes it real, or you know, it's it's, some, it's something mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, I can tie that into Taxi Driver too, because one of the things people said about joker was that it's similar taxi driver but i kind of felt like sometimes in joker hit the way he shows his madness is by like it's sort of like um he kind of like explains why he's going mad in a way mm-hmm. um through like dialogue but in taxi driver what they do really like awesome to portray like like not his madness but how travis is isolated and just like not part of the society is just his mannerisms mm-hmm. like there's that do you remember that scene when he meets wizard outside uh and i believe they're just it's him and wizard talking about just like how the taxi driving life is going yeah 
and it's just so good because it's it's one of those conversations that don't mean anything because <laughs> they're both like you know wizard talks about like how dangerous it is to be a taxi driver so blah 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 and then <laughs> travis kind of just says that was about the stupidest thing i've ever heard or something <laughs> like that and another cool bit that shows how he's not he's kind of like unhinged is when he's talking to the secret service person too he kind of just like mm-hmm. he's all he's, it's kind of uneasy right the way he kind of interacts with him he kind of checks around and i think the biggest giveaway that shows what like what sort of a person he is and how like he's he's so i guess like because he his whole thing is like he feels like unable to save the city right he's not in a power to do that a scene that kind of reveals that the most is when he's talking to sport when he picks up iris and as he's finalizing the the transaction between iris and travis mm-hmm. he kind of walks away and then sport goes i'll see you later cop and then he just like robert just turns around and kind of just looks at him and he's like what'd you say and then it's, <laughs> it's so you wouldn't do that normally right like a normal person wouldn't do that and he just and you know sports kind of like all right all right see you later man see ya and he just stands there (laughs) and it's so uneasy and i feel like that's way more impactful than what they do in joker just his body language just the way like and throughout the film you hear his voiceover too and usually i don't like voiceover in film because i want i was I'm, i'm always like they should show not tell but yeah it just goes starts off pretty innocent right where he's just talking about his day-to-day life mm-hmm. but then it's it kind of turns into this madness thing where it's a prophecy almost right it's like one of those letters you write where he's like um i think that one of the last ones he says is i am gonna get rid of the scum and yeah exactly it's it's a character de- development there too mm-hmm. actually i also wanted to ask like yep. what did you think of you know in films right usually the villain is introduced in the beginning right yep like um like any film we, we've watched like star wars right yeah. <laughs> we, we've got to mention that mm-hmm. um in this film the villain only kind of enters like sport enters around like three quarters of the way through yeah. and it's still impactful it's still I, i'm not like wait that seems weird or anything like that it still works um, what's your thoughts about that i like i sort of liked it because it, it, it made it more of a surprise rather than mm. the anticipating him to appear at any time throughout the entire film just yeah. because if if, if 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 the first scenes would have been him or something or seeing him do something bad the first the, the, immediately when i saw him i would be okay that's the villain there he is now something is going down yeah. right but yeah. seeing him introduced so late in the film i would be he, he was just another character to me so it was mm-hmm. more of a shock value when he actually ended up being the bad guy um i saw something quite scary right now i'm not sure if it's okay now but it might be um, mm-hmm. So five hours ago, EA or Electronic Arts, they re- they released the this image here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just uh, it, it says we have some news, and it's oh no, and it's a picture of uh, the EA logo with an X, and then the Steam Valve logo. Dear God, run! <laughs> what have they done? And uh, and I'm very scared now, but it might just be because four hours later, the Steam released that Jedi or Fallen Order will be available on Steam. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it's just that, and it's not that they're like joining forces or something like that. <laughs> oh my! I think I just saw an article that says EA games are returning to Steam. Oh, okay. Because for the longest time, like we, you know, right? We've got like they've got Origin. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of their outlet for selling 
um, EA games. Mm-hmm. But it works pretty good, actually. It's got cloud save. It's got... I can invite people to play together yeah, and stuff okay. like that. So it's not broken or anything like that, but... Okay. Yeah. I can see why, though, because everyone... I, I really do like seeing my Steam collection. Yeah. Just, like, you know, 120 games or whatever. Oh, yeah. so I, I like being it in one place. Yeah, I, I saw it now. Yeah. So EA and Valve, Electronic Arts and Valve... I'm, I'm quoting right now. So Electronic Arts and Valve have partnered to put EA games into the hands of players of Steam, yeah. Starting next mm-hmm. spring, EA, yeah. So we'll start with... Uh, the new um, Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Which I was actually thinking about maybe doing a uh, Let's Play about. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Is it uh, thingy co-op? Or? I'm not sure, but we could check it out, or at least we could at least play yeah. together. Sort of like we could be in the same room and uh, sort of talk about there. <laughs> that could be cool. That sounds good. When's it coming out? Fifteenth uh, of November. So still. Uh, All right. Ooh, my schedule's pretty busy. Sorry, <laughs> man. No, I was kidding. Uh, so <laughs> the other thing that I want to sort of implement is that um, from I think starting next week, the Never FF slash uh, Rampant Esports uh, live streams, gaming uh, streams will start running again more smoothly. All right. And All if right. you guys are wanting to hear from either one of us, uh, it's on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. I will be doing uh, weekly streams there. Oh, and, cool, uh, cool. Hopefully you can join me on some of them. That would be a pretty... Uh, Wednesdays? Wednesdays. I'm going to tune in because I remember I tuned in uh, to one of their things, and you were like, look at this aim, <laughs> and then he jumped off the map or something, I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. But that was funny, though. That was funny. So, no, because I do like um, streaming a little bit, but it's one, I, I like interacting with viewers, mm-hmm. and uh, also, I, it's basically this that we do here, we talk about random crap, and also... <laughs> and not, not, I'm not saying that films are crap or anything like that. Wow. Like, you know, it's talking about stuff. That's going to be on the front page tomorrow. <laughs> but I can also play video games at the same time. So it's, it's like a bonus mm-hmm. thing for me. But uh, no, yeah. So I, I I was hoping that either the two of us could play uh, Sea of Thieves or uh, Daisy, as, a, as I've just been ac- getting access to that right recently. <laughs> so yeah, I want to do yeah. that. And also because the new the new map of the Daisy just released, uh, I think, mm. last week. And it would be pretty interesting to see how that has turned, shaped up. Sounds good. Sounds good. Goody, goody. Actually, uh, for, the tra- for the taxi driver... Um, what, what, what's your thoughts about the score for this film? Because it's so dominant throughout the film. The, the, the main theme song, that was pretty dominant. That was like a lot. That was used so much. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need to actually yeah. check here now. Who 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 did the, the score for Taxi Driver? Uh, Bernard Herman, I believe. Who also did the score for Citizen Kane. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's tragic. He died... Shortly after recording his last session for Taxi Driver, oh wow! A few few hours later, yeah, that was his you know final kind of send off, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Because I think I remember, I think I remember seeing that movie was in in memory of him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, well, apparently, the, uh, Herman has been associated with uh, Hitchcock. Oh wow! So he's, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he he wrote uh, scores for seven Hitchcock films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trouble mm-hmm. with Harry, Marine, Vertigo, Psycho, North mm-hmm. by West. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, initially he didn't want to do the score for this film, but then 
he saw the scene where Travis pours, uh, like, I think it's like brandy, but here it says snaps on his bread. Mm-hmm. His living, like, Travis's living conditions aren't that great. And I feel like that scene kind of just shows that so well. He kind of, it's almost like he doesn't live off of food. He just lives off of driving the taxi around and just like, I don't know. Uh, I really like that. Like him eating bread off of a bowl with milk <laughs> instead of like cereal like he usually would. Yeah. Like, what did you think of his old uh, training montage as well? Like, when he finally kind of it was, decides... It, it, was, it, it, was, it was sort of a f***ed up version of, like, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was preparing to do assassination of a major political uh, figure. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it was sort of weird, because it, it was sort of like the... It, it was sort of like the standard training montage of, like, uh, said Rambo or, like, the Karate Kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dominic, mm-hmm. But it's just... With his twists, he 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 says it in such a weird way. He will not poison his body with uh, his, uh, yeah. his fluids and sugars and stuff like that. He will be pure. Mm. He's right, though. He is right. Yeah, he'll be pure and all that, and and sort of like with the guns and uh, and the mechanic. The mechanics. oh, I love that yeah. man. It's so interesting. Cause I was, I was like. I was like, where have I seen that little, uh, you know, the rail system he's got? And it's in, it's one of, it's, you get that in your drawers, right? For your table or whatever. It's on the sides uh, and it's usually attached to like a little wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was like, damn, that's quite inventive of him. I think, I think the, fir- the, the first time I think I actually remember seeing that was in Django, actually. Because I remember, I think I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah the, doc- the, no, the doctor used to, the, the dentist. Yeah. Used to, um, the little uh, <laughs> the little thing that he comes up with, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people have said this film also shares, like, similarities with westerns, and this is, like, a clear thing as well, like... Yeah. Because he's got the little boots on, mm-hmm. he's got the knife, the the little sh- white shirt he puts on as well, yeah. that's, like, purely western, and just, like, how he fashions his own weapons in a way. Yeah. In my head, I kind of remembered him sawing off the barrel off of the magnum that he buys illegally but it ended up being the rail anyways yeah. but but it was still dope nonetheless and actually there's two things i want to mention the first one is people have said the shift in like the color palette near the end represents it being a dream sequence what's your thoughts about that like the final shootout come again what do you mean okay so you know when um before he kind of shoots sport like as the as a like the final scene when the taxi pulls up yeah the color's a bit desaturated oh yeah yeah it goes it's like a greenish like hue almost okay yeah and um and you know one of my my friends kind of mentioned that the the one like he kind of told me to watch this film too and he mentioned that it's a dream sequence too because of that and the whole sort of not a happy ending in a way but it's sort of a unrealistic ending if that makes sense he's being declared a hero and um iris's mom and dad writing a really cute letter to him Mm -hmm. because you'd think he'd get arrested whatnot right so what's your thoughts do you think it's it's um or or you know it could be neither like right so you know i'm actually doesn't have to be honestly i'm not sure um, I think mm. I think I uh, I would need to watch the film one more time just to think about yeah. it. Yeah. Because honestly, I didn't notice it the first time I was. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, if, if I say see it one more time, I think I will. I'll see it a bit more and think about it more. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's if like because my take is you can think whatever you want about a film, but mm. 
the sad thing is Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader the screenwriter said no it is real <laughs> so they said that but for me it's real too because it kind of it would otherwise if that was all in his head and the scene later when he just picks up Betsy it's kind of hollow like he didn't really yeah. earn that in that sense that ending if that makes yeah. sense um because it would just be like, oh, so he dreamt it and everything's fine now, sort of thing. Yeah, that would it, it, it would sort of diminish the point, right? It, it would, exactly. Yeah, it would be just just odd. Yeah, and it's not really a happy ending either. Yeah. You know, Iris doesn't w- stand up and hug uh, Travis for saving him. She's kind of traumatized yeah. at that point because he's blown. He's killed you know several people in front yeah. of her, and she isn't like, oh my god, you're my hero, and like jumps on his you know hands like jump you know and they don't run off into the sunset <laughs> like a western right they it's, it's so cold he just kind of lays that lays down and tries to shoot himself but that fails <laughs> and he kind of mimics the handgun in his head and yeah but the interesting thing about the whole color saturation is the story behind it because mm-hmm. i you know how i told you about martin scorsese with a handgun and all that yeah. apparently that's that's where it came from oh, wow because yeah, the original cut had, like, the blood in its original, like, raw state, I guess. Like, it was, you know, pure red, and Columbia Studio actually said, we're going to give this an X rating. So I believe that that's, like, higher than R. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and and this was actually told beautifully by Tarantino. It's actually on YouTube as well, where he mentions that there is a legend out there that, um, upon hearing this, Scorsese sat down, with a bottle of whiskey or like alcohol and contemplated shooting the executive of Columbia the next day. And um, oh several of his friends you know, called him or either came up to him and said, look, don't, there's no need to do that. You know, I'm sure you, there's something else you can do. And um, yeah, he was set on doing it. Oh my God, that, yeah, he was set on doing it apparently. It's, that shows dedication, but also that's psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but uh, but, uh, but it is legend, though. It is, it legend. is legend. I'm not. Sh- I, I a part of me wants it to be true, but it's a part of me wants. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't want him to be like insane. <laughs> that yeah, want yeah. That, but but it so it shows the yeah the dedication and it, I believe it is kind of true because there's two other versions of it. One is that he was gonna kill himself, and the other is that he actually went over to the studio. And threatened the executive with a gun. So, um, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It sort of depends, but I should. But, I, but the thing is, I don't really understand why he would do it. Only because it would have gotten a worse rating. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, like he would. He wouldn't be able to work, right? Kind of. Yeah, no, but but I mean, like, if it if it had gotten the X rating. Mm. Would it would it would have mean the film wouldn't be passed or would be shown or is it the I believe, yeah, I, I'm guessing, I mean, it's this is a pure guess, but I, I believe it probably wouldn't have gotten, like, nominations for Oscars and stuff like that, because you know how strict their guidelines are, like, the Directors Guild of America and stuff like that. I forgot to mention, sorry, there is a version out there, I believe, where uh, Quentin Tarantino narrates Taxi Driver, like, commentates on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, like, a DVD cut or something like that. But I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard that. Okay, so an arc, yeah, I think I got it. So X rating, so okay. R rating is you shouldn't watch it unless you have like per parental, you have be, be given the go if you're seven, mm-hmm. 1700, but you can still watch it in a theater with your parents, right? But mm-hmm. X rating, you're not admitted, I think. 
you're not even allowed mm. to watch it if you're not under. So I think that's All it. All right. But they they changed it in 1972 the NS17 rating. No one under sitting. Oh. Uh, no one okay. under no one 17 and under admitted. So that's the one mm, we use today, mm. I think, yeah. To be honest, yeah, like, I do think my favorite films are all R-rated, though. Like, 18 plus. Yeah, I think so. I mean, besides Shawshank Redemption, I think I don't think that's R-rated. But mm. there might be. I'm actually, I actually don't know. I don't know there. But a lot of, the, yeah. a lot of them, are, them are, like, Schindler's List, The Godfather, uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stian's favorite film, Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> I love Schindler's List. Not that I yeah. love it. It's just... It's one of the greatest works of Steven Spielberg, I think. It's just because it's so honest, it's so true, it's so horrendous, it's so beautifully shown. Because it doesn't. Ho- I'm not gonna watch it because it's black and white. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You've seen it, right? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Oh wow! I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's uh, okay. That's why we do this podcast yeah. so we can watch these we films. Because otherwise, I probably wouldn't ever watch it. Yeah, yeah. no, and it's uh, important to watch them. But yeah, and I guess. Like, one of the questions I also had was, like, what's your thoughts about the taxi itself? Like, why does he have to be a taxi driver? Because he could just be some lonely guy in a... I think, um, I think, he, just like, I think yeah. he just likes being on the ground level and being, being able to see all these people. Mm. So he can get a first-person first interaction as contrary yeah, yeah. to, like, the people working in, like, these nice buildings and offices. I think, yeah. I think that's the reason. Because mm. the taxi driver, the taxi drivers, the most, it's, I think they're one of the most professions where you actually get to talk to people. Yeah. Because in the bus, yeah. you don't really talk with, you don't talk with the bus driver, but in the taxi, you can, you, you can start a conversation, right? True. And like you mentioned earlier too, when how um, he can be on the ground level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's 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 the other thing with um, Betsy, right? She's always boxed in that house and it's true nowadays too where politicians kind of when they give off their speech they sound like they don't have an idea of what's going on Mm -hmm. in the real world (laughs) you know like uh lower class or like working class people do Mm -hmm. but yeah i I kind of felt like the uh, taxi cab is sort of similar to like a horse in a cowboy film you know how he's just it's his thing you know that he can trust like the millennium falcon that can just like (laughs) take him places and yeah, like that. You can protect him when sense. people throw stuff at him. Another Star Wars reference. No. And another one another. is this film is edited by George Lucas's uh, wife, Marcia Lucas, along with Tom Rolfe and Melvin Shapiro. It is. So, that's so is cool, it? though. I, I hope, you know, hopefully when we're wow. older, too, we get to do that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. No, I never. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I saw a fact here say, talking about uh, uh, some of the things with the film. Um, mm-hmm. So, the climatic uh, shot uh, sh- shooting sequence, right? That it, so mm-hmm. so that was filmed over the course of three months. It's had a condemned New York apartment building. Three months. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, All right. So the famous overhead tracking shot, remember? At the end. Yeah. So that was accomplished by using a chainsaw path. <laughs> what? Okay. So it was used that uh, to film the uh, to film the floor. Uh, uh, and and that made the uh, the Kremlin building even more uh, rickety and dangerous. <laughs> so and and, oh, and wow. uh, among those who held actually Scorsese composed and sequenced in the editing room was Steven Spielberg as well. So yeah, he was there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I love I love this like little clubhouse there that they uh, they all have. The, That's what I mean, man. I think I think it's called. They actually have a name for it. The Hollywood uh, the Brats. Is it the Brats? Yeah, yeah. 
The, the, mo- the, yeah, the movie. I think Brian De Palma. I think it's the movie Brats. Movie Brats, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this legendary picture here. I think I can send it to you here. Mm. So it's, it's just this picture here for, with um, a shame that people can, can't see the picture. But it's, 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 it's this picture about uh, on George Lucas's 50th birthday. And you, That's th- great. That, <laughs> just see who are in that picture. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Ron Howard, Steven Spielberg. Um, George Lucas. I, I know George Lucas, uh, Brian De Palma. Uh, Martin Scorsese, yeah. Uh, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Oh, wow. Direct. It says their names on the bottom. Oh, my goodness. I'm yeah. See, Ron Howard, yeah. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> so, so is, it, is this, this club? Oh, my God. <laughs> but because they, yeah. they, they, they all are friends. And, uh, mm. They talk to each other. And I think they hang out and stuff like that. Uh, look in the photo, the photo today because there was an interview regarding the photo. So, uh, Lord George Lucas actually said. Uh, most of us started out together. We all loved movies, watching them and making them. We loved to tell stories that were important to us, so we became of uh, we became a support system for another. It wasn't planned; it just happened, and it worked out. We didn't always agree, but we all, all essentially wanted to help each other. Yeah, because George Lucas was actually going to be a a race car driver, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> and then he had that though. crash, and yeah. <laughs> but no, I guess like we could end it there, pretty much. I mean. It's yeah. hard to review this film, right? I mean, yeah. we all po- apologize if we haven't broken every scene down, but yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. It's just, it's just one of those films where it's more the job of the viewer. So if you if you haven't seen the film or if you see the film, you can sort of understand what we're talking about. But it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just it's, a, it's such a personal film to watch. You need to mm-hmm, sort of like mm-hmm. understand it as you go along. But I, I enjoyed it very much. I I'm gonna say that I enjoyed it very much. Um, I can see where Joker got inspiration from. I think it's better than Joker. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you said that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, but is there anything else we you, know, you want to add? Uh, what what will you give the rating? The uh, infamous uh, what's the film rating? I'd give it a nine. I mean, it's so thingy, right? Nine. Well, I'll give it a nine. All right. What about you? I'll give it a eight point five. All right. All right. I disagree. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but in order to bump up the production quality a little bit, we mm-hmm. can reenact a scene from it if you want. Oh, you want to reenact a scene? Okay, yeah. yeah, I can do that. By the way, I saw something. Uh, there's a George Lucas, no, George Lucas concert. I mean, a Han- uh, John Williams uh, <laughs> George concert. Lewis concert. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he's turned George into a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> that actually be quite lit can you imagine him behind like a dj deck sort of like <laughs> he, he fires up like his, his soundtrack from his own films like, <laughs> they sort of like heard like he has like a trap remix of the cantina theme <laughs> did you know do you know the genre of the cantina theme what genre yeah. it is Oh, is it like blues or something? Or it's called jizz. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. <laughs> God jizz. damn it, George Lucas. Uh, okay, so I think I'll start with April twenty sixth, nineteen seventy two, four o'clock I'm p.m. I'm so gonna mistake and say Palpatine once, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just do it. Just go with it. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, whatever. I had the music. Okay, where do we want to start? Okay, <clears throat> want to start? Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with April 26, 1972. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. 
April 26, 1972, 4 o'clock p.m. I took Betsy to the Mayfair coffee shop on Broadway. I had a black coffee and apple pie with a slice of melted yellow cheese. I think that was a good selection. Betsy had coffee and a fruit salad dish. She could have had anything she wanted. We've signed up 15,000... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. I knew it. We've, I was waiting for we've, it. We've signed up 15... Th- <laughs> we have si- shut the hell up. We've signed oh up 15,000 Palantine <laughs> volunteers in New York so far. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so... It's so uh, <laughs> do you want me to? <laughs> we have signed up. <laughs> yeah, do it. We what have signed up 15... <laughs> <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Shut the hell up. That's I'm not even happened. saying anything now. <laughs> we've we've signed, signed a 15,000 Palantine. Vo- Shut the hell up. <laughs> we have signed 15,000 Palantine volunteers in New York so far. <laughs> the organizational problems are becoming just staggering. Betsy, why are you so hysterical? I mean, you're, you're, mad, you're more crazy than I am. Anyways, I know what you mean. I've got the same problems. I just can't get things organized. You know, little things. I mean, like like my room, my possessions. I should get one of those signs that say, one of these days, I'm going to get organized. Travers, I never met anybody like you before. I can believe that. Where do you live? Oh, uptown, you know, just some joint. It ain't much. So, why did you decide to be a taxi driver at night? I had a regular job for a while. Days, you know. Doing this, doing that, but I didn't have anything to do at night. I got kind of lonely, you know, just wandering around, so I decided to work nights. It ain't good to be alone, you know. Mm, yeah. After this job, after this job. <laughs> job. <laughs> How you say it in Norwegian, job? <laughs> after this job. <laughs> after this job, yeah. Yeah, you know, after this job, I'm looking forward to being alone for a while, I think. Yeah, well. In the cab, you get to meet people. You meet lots of people. It's good for you. What do you mean? What, what kind of people? Just people, people, you know. Just people. Had a dead man once. What? Really? He'd been shot. I didn't know that. He just crawled into the back seat, said West 54th Street, and conked out. Oh my God, what, what did you do? I shot the meter off for one thing. I knew I wasn't going to get paid. Then I stopped... <laughs> Then I dropped him off at the cop shop. They took him. Jesus, that, that, that's really something. Oh, you see lots of freaky stuff in a cab, especially when the moon's out. The moon? What do you mean? The, the full moon. You know, one night I had three or four weirdos in a row, and I looked up, and sure enough, there it was. The full moon. Okay, I'm starting to realize the script is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um... Oh yeah, people will do anything in front of a taxi driver, I mean anything. People too cheap to rent a hotel room, people scoring dope, people shooting up, people who want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there, not even a person, nobody knows you. Come on Travis, it's not that bad, Uh, I take a lot of taxis. I know, I could have picked you up. Huh? Late one night, about three, at the plaza. Three in the morning? I don't think so, I uh, have to go bed early. Uh, I work days. It must have been something else. No, it was you. You had some manila folders and a pink bag from Saks. Oh, yeah, you're right. Now, yeah, now I remember. It, it was after the Western Regional Planners were in town and the, the, and the meet, meeting went late. 
The next day I was completely bushed. It was unbelievable. If it wasn't for a drunk, I would have picked you up. He wanted to go to the DMZ. The DMZ. South Bronx, the worst. I tried to ditch him, but he was already in the cab, so I had to take him. That's the law, otherwise I would have picked you up. That would have been quite a coincidence. You'd be surprised how often you see the same people, get the same fare. People have patterns, they do more or less the same thing every day. I can tell. Well, I don't go to the plaza every night. Uh, I didn't mean you, just ordinary people. A guy I know, Doughboy, met his wife that way. They got to talking, she said she usually caught the bus, so he started picking her up at the bus stop, taking her home with the flag up. <laughs> That's very romantic. Some of your fairs must be interesting. See, see any stars, politicians, deliver any babies yet or something? Well, no, not really. Had some famous people in the cab. Uh, I got this guy who makes lasers. Not regular lasers, not the big kind, but little razors. Uh, what, well, lasers? <laughs> <laughs> Little lasers, pocket-sized, small enough to clip your belt like a uh, transistor radio. Like a gun, you know, like a ray gun. Zap. <laughs> what hours do you work? Uh, how long does this go for? Hold on. <laughs> it's like way longer than the actual thing. I think we can end it there, right? Yeah, okay. Thank you so much for listening yep. to our Bye-bye. 11th episode of What the Film. Hopefully you enjoy this and make sure to... I don't think you can like on Spotify. You, you just listen. <laughs> just listen. God just listen. Um, l- send us a messages on Facebook or email uh, as usual and give us suggestions to films you might like to see. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think we're doing next week, we are doing drum thing and play Mamma mia da, 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 da. oh wait yeah, that is good <laughs> it's up to you Janice yeah, yeah so Mamma mia or Schindler's List yeah so that's so contrast right there holy crap I just realized <laughs> yeah, yeah. we might put a, yeah. uh, out a uh, out a um, uh, poll poll yeah and we can do that on, yeah. on, on the on the Facebook page to see if yeah. people want to hear about Schindler's List or and talk about a little bit about more about the war, the Second World War, and a little bit more about that, I, th- I guess, like yeah. sort of surrounding that, why why it was made and, so, and stuff like that. Or if we could talk mm. about the musical the Mamma Mia. Um, yeah. But I think for now it's maybe set on Mamma Mia, but and we will make sure to do both of them in the very near future, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was yeah. going to say, I think these episodes are going to be more frequent and more like regular because... Janus uh, has, you know, a brand new mic now as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we should be pumping this out every week. Yep, boys. Yep, yep. yep. So uh, make sure to watch out for these episodes. And as always, thank you so much for listening, uh, wherever you are, whatever time it is, and whatever reason. Um, <laughs> have a good one, I think. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Peace out. Peace.